That's mad though, isn't it? We've done it. We're here. Like we're now officially into double figures. Ten episodes. Ten episodes. I'm absolutely buzzing. That's an achievement, though, isn't it? Like, I would, yeah, honestly, like who would have known that we got this far? Like I'm sure there's a stat somewhere that says that most podcasts don't make it past. Is it five episodes or three episodes? I think it might. It was yeah. It was either four or five. I think because I it's put some, it up on it's Instagram some, story. Like I think that, when, that, I, when I shared that we're officially that episode almost doubled the way past that now. I reckon we're in like top five percent of podcasts <laughs> actually get made. We're basically. into the longevity yeah. now. Now we're into yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got like the Simpsons version of podcast before you know it. We're like 300 episodes We're in, pursuing but... through wedding season. That's yeah. the main thing. Like actually not struggling to find time to do I feel like that's the hardest battle, isn't it? If we, yeah. can, if we can find time now, arguably our busiest. Like once it gets into the winter, dare I say we may even go weekly. Oh, oh I don't know. Oh, maybe we do a special at some point. Maybe a Christmas special. Christmas. Oh, we can wear Christmas cool. jumpers and yeah. like, we can have like mold wine. Get the and... guests on and have like a drink oh, or something. It could be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, we could pull crackers and stuff. <laughs> Anyway, it's, it's not Christmas, it's summer, and um, we are Wedding Catrico, and this is our 10th episode. Yes, yes, welcome back. Episode 10, if you followed us from episode one, well done you. Yes. If not, go back and listen to the rest of them, otherwise you're not a true fan. That's it, and if, yeah, if, say, if, if you are new here, you, you're joining us at a fine place, but definitely go back and look at the others and see how much we've grown in these last 10. Yeah, the good thing is they're not like time-specific episodes, they're, you can pretty much listen to them in yeah. any order. Apart from like the little bits of cash up at the beginning, like we we there's lots of information for everyone in all the episodes of things. So. I think so, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things is even though that we are only ten episodes in, I it's going better than I expected. If that's the, if that's probably the right word to use, is that I always knew that podcasting was going to be a slow burn. Yeah. It was going to take a time to you know we have to keep showing up, keep making episodes, and hopefully people would find value in it. But even some of the feedback that we've had already from other photographers, other videographers. Um, I had a meeting yesterday where my client said that they listened to it and it's actually changed the way that they're going to do part of their day because of something that I said in an episode. Yeah, that absolutely blows my mind. Yeah. Imagine you go, oh, yeah, I've got this wedding coming up. It's going to be a bit naff. I'm not really sure about it. And then you do a meeting with them and they're like, yeah, I heard you talking about this, uh, this wedding. It's going to be naff. <laughs> you have no. to leave everything remarkably general on the podcast. So yeah. we don't know that. But yeah, I think... To be only 10 episodes in and find and, and, and to think that, you know, or to know, because we've had kind of people message us and say that the advice that we've given on the podcast has made a solid difference to how they go about things on their wedding yeah. day, or it has made a positive impact on the business or the way that they film or photograph weddings is, that's really, really cool. That's been a top bit of motivation for me is that when, like you said, when we first started this, I wasn't sure at the beginning of this, at the beginning of this year to put it in, in this into context i wrote down all the list of things that i was doing that wasn't that just everything that i was doing basically so whether it was like business related or a little bit of podcast or like little projects with friends that kind of yeah. thing and anything that didn't bring me joy or money i was like okay i'm gonna get rid of this year and this was one thing that pursued because i was like this you know after recording the first couple of episodes really enjoyed it this is gonna i think this is gonna bring me joy and then maybe one day it will bring some sort of income yeah, but like it's not the main aim of it the main aim of it i guess was for us just to to put our names out there and to also help other people and have that sort of conversation between Definitely, yeah. yeah and well, obviously me and you both listen to podcasts um that are photography and videography related so we wanted to do something similar but different in our own way and i feel like i don't want yeah i don't want to kind of sit here and kind of the whole thing be too kind of self-indulgent but to a, <laughs> de so to, to a degree <laughs> i feel that we've done that like and sometimes it's not it doesn't always happen. You know, you start something and then it kind of wanders off on a path that maybe you yeah. hadn't expected. But for the most part, all of the things that that you said when you when you you messaged me about like, shall we do this podcast? Is I feel that we've achieved that. You know, to be a podcast, I say, run by a photographer and a videographer. We've 
both learn a lot about what each other do in our jobs, even though that we've been to the same weddings together doing our jobs. Yeah. And we've helped maybe inspire some people in our own industries, but I'd like to think that I've maybe helped some videographers out in the same way that you've maybe raised some awareness to some other photographers who maybe now would treat videographers differently or look for different things in the videographers that they shoot yeah. weddings with. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that was part of why we did it is we wanted to do something for both photographers and videographers that was more of a combination thing rather than, yeah. oh, you have to listen to this podcast about photography and then this one about videography. I listen to a lot of photography podcasts, to be fair. Um, but not to get into like numbers every single time, but we yeah. almost have 700 plays on that's our, insane. and that's just across the platform. So on YouTube, we've got another couple of hundred on top of that. So, you know, so verging we're, on a thousand to a thousand, that which yeah. is insane, which is mad. Cause obviously when we started the podcast, we've, we filmed every episode, haven't we? But I don't think, I think it took us to three or four episodes in before the kind of, we started with YouTube. So a few went up at once, didn't they, on YouTube? And yeah. there was a people. There were people asking for us, saying that they wanted to consume the podcast that way, um, and so that we've delivered on that. <coughs> but we've always kind of kept it very much a filmed version of the conversation we're having. We've not, really, yeah. yeah, our camera's there. Hello, everyone that's on YouTube. But we've not really kind of sat and presented in that kind of like. No, it's more just a bonus thing, isn't it? If you wanted to yeah. have it on in the background, if you're unfortunate enough to want to see our faces, see our faces that's yeah. it. Um, you, can, you can go on YouTube and do that, but. I didn't expect the YouTube numbers to be anywhere near the level that they're at as well. Like I expected people to hopefully subscribe on, on Spotify or yeah. listen while they're in their car or whatever. But for people to take the time to actually pursue that on YouTube is a little bit mad. Yeah. And I mean, I put it on the group saying where, where do people expect your podcast to be? And YouTube did come up. So I think it's worth having on there. Um, but like you say, and I think also having it bi-weekly has been realistic for us. Yes. Um, obviously I think people would probably consume more if it was weekly I think we've I had don't think it'd be a realistic good three or four point. messages or I've had people in yeah. person saying that the bi-weekly is not enough for them yeah, yeah. we've left them wanting more which I think <laughs> I is, think that's the is best thing a good way sometimes. to be yeah. yeah yeah that's like with TV shows it, it, it ends best when you want more there we go there, yeah. it's, oh, it's just taking to 10 episodes again Max has made a few appearances yeah. um, in, in the podcast and He's decided now that it's now the time. He's making his 10th anniversary appearance. Um, so yeah, hopefully he'll, he'll pipe down in a minute. Um, <laughs> I've lost completely off train of thought now. But yeah, with, with YouTube, what I would say is, do you think that that equates to 20% of, of our listeners, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's quite remarkable. That's pretty great. I haven't actually shared the numbers of YouTube, so don't, don't quote me on yeah. that. But I'm sure we've got a few more on YouTube, um, which obviously adds to the numbers. And like, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's amazing to hear because these things you kind of start and you're like, if I don't advertise this well, or if I, you know, if we just do this, what is, what is going to be the point? If no one's yeah. listening to this, I probably would have given up by now yeah. uh, by episode five or six. If I saw, you know, if nobody had messaged us saying, oh, it's been really helpful. Yeah. I'd been like, what are we doing this for? Like, but you know, like I said, people have been posting about it. People have been messaging us about it and that's been really motivational and people have been listening clearly. So. I think, yeah. That, that's the main thing is that, you know, I think me and you would have carried on to meet up and probably had, you know, and continued that Something friendship else, the same yeah, way yeah. That we did or done that more socially. But the fact now that we've got this kind of scheduled in time that we do get to catch up, you know, once every few weeks to record. And also they just realizing that there's people and, and also people that we didn't know before we started this. You know, there's yeah. people along that journey that have messaged us, you know, and continue to message and they listen to every episode and they're taking things away from it that, you know, people that don't have to listen. Do you know what I mean? Like we've got, yeah. you know, a couple of mutual friends who kind of we, we know and work with um, who you'd expect to listen. Like my mum would always listen. Do you know what I mean? Like my wife's been a really big supporter of it as well. You know, she listens to every episode, although she knows absolutely nothing about photo and video. Um, yeah. So it's, it's quite nice 
yeah, those people were kind of a given that we knew would listen. But to yeah. have people out there that knew didn't know us at all when we started and are now regular listeners, that I find is really yeah, it's really, really nice to hear from people, really even people I've looked up to previously as well, and just like people whose work I've seen but don't really know, um, like reaching out and just being like, "This is helpful." Like that's. It's a, it's, a, it's a good thing to yeah, hear. Yeah, I think it's the only thing summary. I think we're saying is we appreciate you all. We appreciate all the love that you've given us. Um, and that is probably the largest reason that we are as motivated and as happy about where we are at this 10th episode stage as we are. And don't let it stop. So if you're someone that's listened to the podcast and haven't commented or haven't hit subscribe yet, I really think that, you know, those, those comments really do make such a big difference to us. Yeah. Um, and also share it with your friends. You know, if you're enjoying something that we've said and it helps you out, then tell the people in your circles about it and hopefully they can take something away from it as well and yeah. the podcast will continue to grow. And Definitely. maybe by episode 20 or 50 or something, you know, we'll be that those numbers will be getting to you know, some pretty big ones. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're definitely, I mean, we're definitely in it for, we for the long term now. This is, this is going well. We're enjoying it. Like we both, we, it's not just bear in mind, you see two hours of the day. We spend the whole day together just having a chat and a, and a laugh and stuff. And that also makes it as well. So this is not just like us just trying to make, make some promotion or make some money. Like this is genuinely us hanging out. And then you get to hear like two hours of us hanging out. Um, while Max also kicks off yeah you can tell that he's obviously we've been too busy chatting and we've been neglecting him (laughs) one second people Chris can feel I'm going to go and find out what he's trying to kill the sofa for okay so Max is currently chewing the sofa there's a ball underneath the sofa of course there's a ball underneath the sofa (laughs) this is a dog that has like seven balls but he still only wants the one he's that still... he can't get, which is under the sofa. <laughs> I know um, he's bringing him into the room. He's really going to annoy me in this episode. So we <laughs> apologise if you have a, a, an audio phobia of dogs barking that this, this might carry on for quite some time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we, I mean, we, yeah, we're in it again, again for, for another turn. So we're really looking forward to that and, and further on um, from that. And it's been really, really nice to be able to offer informative stuff. Also just something to listen to on the way to a wedding or while editing. And also like not filled with lots of sponsorship stuff and things like that and i'm not i'm not saying it will never be that because down the line we're probably going to need to do something but at, at the moment like it's just been nice that it's all been very casual yes and i think that's been half the appeal for us or a lot of the people the feedback that we've had is the fact that you know it's been likened to that time when a photographer and videographer at a wedding would sit and chat over dinner or it is really conversational and that's the way that we've kept it and like it to be yeah. and i think it will it will stay that way even if sponsors come on board or we start to have guests and stuff like that i still yeah. don't want it to get any more formal no exactly than, yeah than, than it is now with that said, this episode is sponsored by Student. No, it's not, it's not yet. <laughs> one day, one <laughs> Maybe day, one day. Yeah. Reach out, Student. <laughs> Drive. <laughs> Hi, Max. It's currently sponsored by Maximilian. But today we're just going to be catching up. So it's the middle of the year. Yes. Um, we wanted to do a kind of a mid-year catch-up in terms of like what we found the year has been like so far. Um, what our intentions were at the beginning of the year. Have you sort of? Are you meeting your goals? Are you filming the weddings you uh, or photographing the weddings that you want to film? And like, how do you feel it's going so far, basically? It's mad, because I think by the time this goes out, so we'll still go out in about a month's time, we're pushing the 1st of August by then. Yeah. So we're definitely way more than halfway through the year. And I think only at that point, I would have started to f- filmed, filmed, photographed half my weddings. Yeah. Like at the moment, I'm halfway, halfway, as we sit here now, it's the first week of July, and I've only done, I've done less than half my weddings of the year. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, I think you're probably in quite a different space to that. You've, oh, probably, yeah. you've probably over the halfway point. Um, I'm pretty much dead on half, I think now. Or maybe by the end of this weekend, I'll, de- I'll definitely be dead on half. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to take me to pretty much the end of the month to get to my halfway point. I know that I've got a really busy September and October coming up. Yeah. So that's, that's I think, is, is terrifying me a little bit. That's opposite for me. I don't have anything. Like, I feel that 
I've definitely my editing path starting to creep up already. The yeah. weddings, that are, by and large, that I've done have been great. I know there's some, there's you know, there's loads more good stuff to come. So I think if I can have half as much fun as I've had so far in the next half of the year, that side will be fine. But I do think already trying to balance how I'm gonna kind of manage to conquer over that that wedding that pile. <laughs> this dog's gonna really annoy me. Careful. Do you want to take a minute? I think we should. Yeah, let's take a minute. So there we go. We're now back from we've played ball with Max for five minutes and hopefully pacified him enough that he'll sit down um, and not bother us for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's candid, but we couldn't have him barking at the background like, for the whole thing. It's when the squeaky toy came out, that was, that was too much for me. <laughs> He's so, nudging my knee um, with the squeaky toy. So yeah, toy. We, we appreciate the break. So yeah, back to our conversation anyway. So I've, I, I'm not at the halfway point yet. Um, and so I'm a little bit fearful about managing those edits. But for the most part, I am shooting about eight or nine less weddings this year than last year. Um, and that kind of is definitely making me feel good that yeah. I know how burnt out and kind of tired I was around kind of the end of August last year. Um, and I'm hoping that by the time I get to that point this year, I would have shot, I've, yeah, I've still shot a, a good number of weddings, but not so much that I'm literally like kind of at the, you know, the real depths of my energy levels and enthusiasm levels. So yeah, that no. kind of makes me feel excited that I'm going to get through this year. I've got some really good bookings and hopefully be, have the right level of energy to match those days. Well, I feel like over the years though, in terms of my gear that I shoot weddings with, I'm kind of similar to that now as well. Like I remember yeah. definitely having that kind of thing at the start where I thought I needed every lens and like multiples of everything and, you know, tried lots of kind of really kind of over the top equipment. And now I kind of feel that, you know, where I am about 10 years in that I probably take less than I ever used to to weddings. Yeah. But everything that has got real estate in my everything kit is bag needed, yeah. actually gets used. I'm the opposite. I've gone like, Have you? I've gone really, I've got so many lenses, so like three cameras, so many lenses. I use all of them to be fair. Like yeah. on a wedding day, I'll normally use all of them. But I am getting to a point now where I feel like I've got everything that I could possibly need. Yeah. But it has taken a while. I feel like because we shoot as a couple, and sometimes, well, both of our favorite lenses is 50 mils. So that already means we've got to have two yeah. 50 mils, basically. And that kind of escalates from there. And then things like... Um, yeah, and I guess like obviously, speeches, yeah, you use in seconds, they kind of bring their own kit. But where you work with Kate, yeah. your kind of pool of kit is both of your kit. You kits, almost have it? to have two of everything in a little bit. We haven't got two of everything, but it, like, it feels yeah. like you have to have that sort of compromise in the middle between having like one of every focal length. And then we've got the A7 IV, which crops in... 1.5 times for video for um in 4k so it's like then we have to worry about that as well with our lenses yeah. you know um but yeah no I, I feel pretty much the same like this year i feel like i've got any everything i need in terms of gear like I, and i'm quite a gearhead as well like i'll just go out and buy the latest camera but i'm not really feeling like that at the moment which is quite i guess maybe you're getting more comfortable and i think that's what i found in the end where maybe there were shortcomings in the way that I shot things and I thought that buying that new lens was was the answer to it or getting those extra few megapixels was going to make yeah. the photos better. Where I kind of feel now that, you know, that there are definitely better cameras on the market than the ones I'm using. Yeah. But I've, I've kind of felt comfortable with the kit that I'm using that I know how to use it inside out and that, you know, any kind of error in that is probably on me and not and not the kit yeah um, once you get to a certain point yeah it becomes yeah. like you can do anything with this like you've got you've got two a7.3s haven't you so i use two a7.3s the 35 mil 1.8 the 85 1.8 and they're not even the latest things especially that 85 and my 85 makes them most some crazy ass noises <laughs> as well like occasionally like if i turn it off you can feel the glass kind of drop and move as the camera moves and then sometimes the af motor will just kick in and just go <laughs> until you press the focus button and it will yeah. figure itself out after that so it's definitely you know it's got some battle scars but it's still the sharpest sense that I own yeah. like kind of you know it still absolutely delivers yeah. Yeah. and 
you know, despite that, you know, hanging from a hold fast, it gets knocked into doors or kind of bumped and stuff like that. But it survives to all the time that it still lives and does its job, then I'm more than more than happy for it to carry on. Yeah. But at the same time, I'll disagree with people that say, oh, you know, if you're just starting out, it's okay to get a cheap camera. I think if you're just starting out, you're already limited by yourself as it is. So yes. get, get the best camera you can get yeah, because yeah. you're already limited by the, the fact that you're just starting out and you haven't got experience in certain things like maybe how a wedding day works or something. And so why are you thinking about the limitations of your gear when you've still got to think about how the wedding day works? So, yeah, you know, but, I think there's a certain level of gear you do need to get, especially if you're just starting out. I think the same thing as well. As soon as you get into this to do its job, though, is whether you, you're, you've been in it for six months or you've been in it for six years, you are still selling yourself as a professional in that industry. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, and obviously as, as you move on in the industry, you charge more. Um, and you kind of go up and people expect to get something more for that but you still are marketing yourself as a professional and you need to have gear reflective and used to do your job effectively and, yeah you know just to have poor equipment and then use that as an excuse to go oh well i didn't really have this it's like well that's not an excuse you no, still exactly. need to deliver at a certain level but i think i think i said this to you not long ago i i went out and bought the 50 mil 1.4 recently yeah because i love 50 mil so much I, I pretty much shoot most of the day on it and I was finding that I had the 55 one point, this is getting really techy now, isn't it? I had the 55 1.8, but because of the crop um, for active stabilization, it ends up being like a 60 or something, which is slightly too too zoomed in, zoomed in for yeah. what I need. So I bought the 51.4 and I found I've been shooting a lot at 1.4, but now because I'm shoot, because I was shot a couple of weddings at like a lot at 1.4, it made me realize actually I can stop down to like two and it will still be fine. Yeah. Whereas when I was shooting a lot at 1.8, I never really thought that way. So yeah. now I'm really conscious about aperture and I feel like getting that better gear has taught me not, I don't need to use that all the time. Does that yeah. make sense? I think in some ways in the other, in the other kind of fit though, it's nice to have that as a, as a, as an option. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, if you find as you move into the winter and that you're shooting maybe darker weddings, that having that extra stop rather than take the ISO from being what's kind of on the levels of you're comfortable with over to dangerous levels. Yeah to have that 1.4 that might come in really clutch and help you. Yeah. Um, and I feel like even again, like the look of a lens though, like if you pay for that 1.4, oh, it looks so good. It looks so good. Yeah. Like kind of, you know, the way that the, like the fall off is in it or just the feel of it or less, you know, in photos like abrasion and stuff like that. Yeah. I think you kind of do feel the quality of that lens, even if you're not, you know, you don't have to use it always at 1.4. Yeah. Just the lens itself. It just, it does look so good. But I find like, like you say, you don't necessarily, it's always a tool, but you don't necessarily need to use it. Yeah. Like, with the, the cameras that can film 4K at 100 frames now, so you can slow everything down four times. Why are you doing that for every single shot? It's a tool. It's cool for like the shots that you'd want to slow down, but yeah. for every shot, that is But don't you think when you, when you first get something like that, it almost is like a kid with a new toy. Yeah, yeah. You're like, because I've got this feature, I want to use it. And That's I what I mean. I like, shot two you, weddings at 1.4, yeah. and I was like, you can't see anything in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like when you buy your first drone, it's like, whether, whether their venues looks, you know, looks pleasing from the air or not, that they're getting yeah, a drone right. shot yeah. <laughs> because you've got it and you want to kind of or almost assert yourself as like, oh, I'm at this level now. I've, I've got my drone and you need to use it. Where yeah. once it kind of just becomes of becomes commonplace in your kit bag it you just kind of use it don't you and it's you find it in the end you use it for what you need it for rather than kind of yeah. showing off that you have it yeah and also i found that like having just been on holiday we, we caught up on that on the last episode yep. um but it's having i like to have some gear for like going away as well yes and it, there, there was a point where i used to take all of my cameras and lenses and everything away with me and um I say all of them, but like a, a few, you know, a camera yeah. and like two or three lenses. And I just, I thought maybe I was taking it too seriously. So then I stripped back to 
um, taking only a few things, and then I'd switch to a Fuji. And I know you just got the this sat there on the table, yeah, you as well, which in the fall off. I think you, you maybe, yeah, yeah, just we'll ha- talk happens about it. to I'll, be we'll, sat we'll, on the we'll table. Talk, it's, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute. You finish your piece, and then I'll, um, I'll cut in on this. Yeah, no, but it's kind of where I was going with it is that I, I just I bought one of those Fuji X100 Vs um, because. I just feel like it. You can stay in the moment more with it. Something yeah. about it because I'm not worrying about Zoom and things like that. I can. I'm literally just getting it out, taking a photo. It still looks better than my phone because I'm not a massive fan of phone photos, how they process them, the focal length, that kind of thing. Um, and I don't really have to go home and edit them, which is something I really struggle with when I go on holiday. Is I've got to get back and edit those photos. I can just put it in a picture profile and. Um, oh, the the film simulation profiles in Fuji as well. Are- yeah are lovely as they're so they're good really, yeah. they're really pleasing you don't feel that you're not getting anything by not editing them so I did a few weddings with just that um, uh, sorry weddings holidays with, with just yeah. the Fuji um, but I actually did take my Sony away um, to Turkey and I, I think I've been missing it a little bit you know having the 24 to 17 just yeah. being able to because you know when people go on holiday and you see those shots and they're all shot on the phone camera it's always exactly the same focal length yeah. the same shot of just them like standing looking at the camera and you kind of want to think you know I, I have the ability to do something yeah. better but I didn't bring the tool um, see I went on similar areas I very much like I've I've always taken pictures you know even before I did this as a job and even since I still have that urge to take pictures but I knew that I've never, I've never taken like my work camera, should we yeah. say, on a holiday with me. Okay, um, that's really I've, I've always found that if I'm, if I've got them in my hands, I'm in work mode, and I wouldn't be able to take my Sony's away with me, have it in JPEG, and go. Oh, I'm just going to take some nice photos. No, yeah. well, I'd always have that. Oh, I want to take photos, or if I'm somewhere really beautiful, rather than being in that moment with my wife or appreciating what it is, it'd always be. Oh, how many photos can I take of this? Yeah, do yeah. This? And then again, knowing that you've got loads to edit from your holiday when you get home, because I'd want to shoot them raw. I'd never gone down that road and. Then I went to some really nice places and just took my phone. And yeah. you know, I was quite satisfied. Like you said, same focal length, same photos, edit them on like a little app and stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it seems a little bit sad that all I've got is these iPhone photos from some of the amazing places that we've been. When you know you could do better and still stay in exactly the Exactly that. Yeah. So then I kind of that balance of wanting kind of a camera that wasn't a work camera, which would give me a balance. So I went down the Fuji route as well. And just yeah. over a year ago, I bought the X100F. Yep. Took the one before the V, took that to Norway with me last year, really enjoyed that freedom. Like I say, just, you know, straight posting picture profiled kind of JPEGs to my phone and posting that way or just having that little bit of an extra quality. Yeah. Uh, but I still found when I went to New York with it that there was still something quite missing from it. Maybe okay. I was used to that quality of the full frame from yeah, my Sony's yeah. and going to the crop. I was still feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm making the effort to carry a camera with me, but I'm maybe not getting the return on it yeah. that I'm that I'm expecting from, you know, I might just use my phone. Yeah. So then kind of, you know, looked into it. How is, you know, is there a way that I could find myself buying a full, basically a full frame version of the Fuji better quality, then stumbled on the Leica. You say you looked um, into it. I reckon you had that on your radar for a long time. I right? didn't actually. Oh, well, okay. A friend of mine had a Q2. I thought I remember you saying it's like a childhood. So like a childhood a Leica, yes. You, yeah, okay. But yeah. the Q, I've got the original Q, so it's called the Type 116. <coughs> um, so this is the original Q and the Q3 has just come out. Um, yeah, so ever since I've started photography, I always admired street photographers that used Leicas. You know, that the idea of like a manual focus kind of rangefinder, small camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, tried a rangefinder um, earlier in my career and never got on with it. The idea of kind of using the rangefinder system because I'd always use SLRs felt yeah. really alien to me. But I still kind of like this kind of idea of a Leica. I love the look of, of, of film photos for the Leica. Um, friend bought Q2. 
which are 48 megapixels again. I don't get too ticky about it, but for me, that's well overkill. Yeah, for, especially for holiday, for holiday stuff, snaps yeah. and personal snaps. Um, then the Q3 just came out, and that's a 60 megapixel, all in the very similar fixed, you know, fixed 28 mil lens body. And it never dawned on me that the Q2 there must have been a Q1 before it. Yeah. Um, and then stumbled on it looking via Instagram, realized there was a Q1, realized that they're actually kind of sensible money for Leicas on the used market, and they're a 24 megapixel sensor. So pretty much the same full frame sensor, which I have in my A7 which for me, that kind of megapixel level in terms of- It's a sweet spot, isn't it? Is, yeah. is an absolute sweet spot. You know, with the 28 mil, that look of the, like what we said about having good lenses, yeah. like the 28 mil Sumalux on the front, the fall off and the look of it is insane. So then to kind of have all that. Yeah. And also, I think as well, like we were saying about, you know, I kind of feel like over the last couple of years, maybe I've come a little bit further from my photography. I've started charging more, kind of feeling more comfortable and feeling more established. I kind of felt like I don't treat myself that often, maybe. So to have something quite indulgent to use as my everyday camera. Yeah, I think you're quite um, strict of your expenses sort of thing. Like, yeah, I don't buy that much yeah. Yeah, in, in, in that time respect at all. So but The way you talk about when you buy something, you talk about it as if like that's the purchase of the year sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and it very much is yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay, I want to make sure, some people just probably just say I'm tight, but I always <laughs> want to make sure that if I'm going to buy something that it is, I'm going to get my worth out of it. Yeah, and yeah. I don't often go, oh, I'm going to buy this kit on a whim and see what it does. Yeah. It's almost quite, I'm also quite methodic about how I buy things. I do lots of research before buying things and definitely looked at way too many videos of people using like <laughs> on YouTube before I, before, I imagine I, there was a lot of them before I pulled the trigger. But but, it's a cool camera and the colors out of it straight out are yes. very nice as well. And also, but quite different to my grade. So yeah. I feel like it's, it has separated kind of my work from, like the personal photos that I take, yeah. but I still feel satisfied, satisfied enough to kind of shoot it as it I is. I like that as well. And that's why I didn't really like editing um, the web, the holiday photos when I got back or personal photos when I got back is because I'm not like, I don't edit photos every day. Like editing photos is something I do quite quite rarely, to be honest. Yeah. And so I can never make them look the way I wanted them to look. So having straight out of camera JPEGs that looked good were automatically like, for me, I just didn't, I didn't need to worry about, yeah. oh, what preset do I put on it? Um, but Josh sent me some presets um, a while, a while, like a link to some presets to buy a while back, um, and said like try using these, and they, they've been so good, and it's made me want to take photos like in RAW again, so that yeah. I can try and like edit them when I get back. And I think having yeah having that different style, it's like oh this is the stuff I use for like my work, and yeah. then this is the stuff I use for or, like presets. That's quite important, like you know, as naturally as kind of you progress through your career your tastes are going to change or kind of your preferences are going to change in the same way that they, they do you know with music you listen to food that you like you know yeah. kind of choices that you make but i kind of feel like especially with weddings when you book couples maybe a year 18 months out you can't really drastically change your no. work style too much because people have been sold on a thing um and don't get me wrong i still really i'm still very invested and very excited about I believe in the grade that I use, the, the, the style of weddings that I shoot. I don't want to change that. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want my photos of my life or my holidays just to look like my work photos. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't want to go and put the same grade over them and it just become, oh, that's a wedding by Tom Ferry, but it's of, you know, a street yeah. in New York or my holiday or my dog or whatever. It's it kind of it's nice to have that separation. Yeah. But I think having that camera like the Leica has allowed me I don't feel like I'm working when I'm using it because it's not my work camera. Yeah. But I still get that excitement of taking photos. Yeah, exactly. Which is like the, the core reason that I became a photographer is because I like taking photos. Yeah. It doesn't become a chore taking photos on holiday anymore. And I think that's what it is all about, isn't it? The excitement of doing what you do without picking up your camera and being like, oh, this is my A7 III that I use every single day. Yeah. Here we go again. And I also yeah. think, you know, that the core of all of it is it <clears> should be fun. Yeah. And 
don't get me wrong. I, I moved. I, I was. I used to shoot on Nikon cameras for for a long time before I moved to the Sony's about four or five years ago. But I would never say that my Sony cameras are fun. They don't excite me to use. No, them. they're not fun. Yeah, certain cameras. Like, yeah. When I used to use like my film camera at uni, it was still like a magical piece of thing, and the the sound that the shutter made was yeah. like was was you know like absolutely magical, and it was it was it you know, it kind of gave you the warm fuzzies every time you fired a frame on it. Yeah. My Sony cameras don't Sony make me feel like that. Sony cameras are just functional technology. But at the same time, it, like, that's yeah. it. Like, I've still, you know, I went through the Fuji. I went, I looked at lots of other things before I went to my A7 and even all the Nikon stuff I was using before. I've still never found a camera which works for me as reliably, consistently, and just performs the way that my Sonys do. Yeah. Like I know that if I hit that IAF button, it's it's nailing focus. Yeah. And my client can be running at me, and I can be at f two, and I'll still get more usable frames than not. Yeah. And so. I wouldn't get that from the Leica, but on my holiday, I've got time to slow things down or to do these things. On a Wednesday, yeah. you haven't. You need to. You need stuff that you can just literally go to, and it gives you that result. Yeah, no, definitely. Right, swinging back around to weddings, and yes. Um, so we spoke at the very beginning of the year about like workflows and systems and and having mm-hmm. having things in place so that when you get into the wedding season, you're sort of not having to worry about you know, um, replying to certain emails, like chasing people weeks before the wedding, that sort of thing, like having that all ready for you. That's just completely gone out the window for me. So we kind of have workflows, um, but so our business is changing a little bit in the fact that like Kate um, is going another direction um, and is taking a little bit of a step back in the business. She did a lot of the emails and now I'm like taking over a lot of that side. And it's been a whole learning process for me in terms of getting back into the emails, rem- remembering to remind people like weeks before there's time to book in a call and stuff like that. And yeah, because she's been doing it for quite a while, hasn't she? Now? Yeah. So it's not as if it was like it was like a trial thing. She was managing the admin for a good few years. Yeah, she's been doing it for a long yeah, time. Yeah. She's been doing it, yeah, for for as as yeah, like many years now, like maybe four or five years potentially. But the fact that we never really had an automated workflow because it was her that did everything, just yeah. they were, it kind of worked. But Kate is still very much involved. Yeah. Um, but there's just certain things that have been sort of responsibilities that have been brought over to me again. So I'm finding that pretty interesting. I'm quite enjoying it, to be fair, being part of the whole process again. I feel like I'm taking ownership of like the very beginning to the very end. I guess though, like, I don't want to speak out of turn or kind of it's your business, but obviously it's always, and it's something which I find eternally fascinating and kind of could, could talk to you for a lot longer about is that I'd, I always find it really fascinating to run a business yeah. like, and kind of share that with your wife. And it must, it must be really hard sometimes to kind of, to not bring work into home life. Yeah. But then obviously like you said, you know, kind of, she obviously works her own job. So you work in this business full time, but she's not only trying to fill her plate with her own job and the, the worries that come with that, but as well as kind of look after your business. Yeah. Like, as, you know, it's, it's kind of, that's a lot of plates to spin. So in some ways imagine it's nice for you to feel fully in control, but at the same time, it's probably nice for her to kind of clear her plate and be able to focus solely on her own career or know that that's kind of left in good hands with you. Yeah. And she's still going to shoot some of the weddings for me. But um, I think a photographer said to us the other day, your husband and wife team. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like your, your home, your life must be weddings. And it's like, it's hard for it not to be. Like yeah. we try for it not to be. It is, but it is quite unhealthily directed towards business because I, I sit there all day and edit. And then Kate will come home or like I'll reply some email, emails in the morning and sit there all day and edit. Kate will come home and she'd be like, oh, um, shall we sit down together and reply to some emails and do some like admin and stuff? And I'm like, I've been doing it all day. Like, and 
Yeah, she's been working all day, but on something different. So she gets back home and has the passion and the excitement to do the stuff. Yeah, she's but, almost changing hats. Right? Yeah, You're still yeah, changing that. hats. But I've I've been sat there in the house doing this, we're doing this that same thing all day. So that's where it became really difficult. And I think this moving forward is going to be a positive thing for for that separation as well. Because yeah. the separation is is really hard, especially when I think we enjoy it as much as we do. Yeah. It's hard to just be like, oh, we're not going to randomly at seven o'clock be like, right, time to get back to work. And But don't you find as well, and again, I, I can only speak from kind of how I would see it as an outsider, is that inevitably, if you know, as you're getting busy and your business is growing, if she's managing a, 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 a job of her own, it's hard to kind of concentrate on two things. Yeah. But then if something slips and an email doesn't get replied to, yeah. like it's really easy for you to go, oh, this is affecting my business and make yeah. me mad. And it's hard for that not to go into your home life then. And kind of, yeah, exactly. you know, it's, it's, and especially when you work from home as well, you can't like leave it at the office because that's like, you know, the other room <laughs> yeah. on your landing that isn't your bedroom. And so I think hopefully, you know, I really hope for you that, you know, once you can kind of, get used to that new task that you know maybe going on holiday was a good thing to kind of have that time away from the business a little bit for yourself yeah definitely is that you kind of separate things back and then you're say your home life and your work life although you're shooting weddings together it's not as intertwined because she's not doing that's some the of thing the other isn't it yeah as well. kate is really busy and i said to her like we had we had a, a chat about it and i said to her i do understand why you know yeah. um it, there may be some inquiries that are a couple of days late to reply to whatever because you're well busy but i don't want you to be in that situation yeah. I, it, like i can i can take you that off your hands i don't want to step on your toes but we need to set these boundaries of you are doing this and i'm doing this rather than us sort of just doing a wibbly wobbly and because it's not a employee and employer relationship yeah that that's really hard to set as a husband and wife i think is whose responsibility is it to do what and who takes ownership of certain parts of the business and how it's run and stuff mm-hmm. i think that's it's it's a hard sort of line to cross basically. yeah but again yeah you, know, you yeah you've said you know multiple times in this podcast that now like you know you went from a time probably a few years ago where you were unsure whether you were going to stay in weddings yeah but now with the changes you've made you're fairly set that you are going to be in weddings for the long haul yeah is that but also you also have to continue being married to kate and having a nice life with her yeah for the rest of your days as well so yeah. i think it's, it must be a difficult conversation to have but if it means that you guys can have a better <coughs> a better life together free of kind of it being of work becoming kind of the third person in the relationship. Yeah. It should mean that you can grow your business without having to kind of run things by her that she doesn't have time for. Yeah. But at the same time, she reaps the reward of it of having home life husband, Chris, rather than kind of co-worker, Chris. Co-worker, yeah. You know, when you're sat on the sofa in the evening, so... Yeah, it's about just not having those conversations anymore. Like, oh, did you see that inquiry? Yeah, should we take it? Uh, yeah, or like, you know, is this how should we reply to this thing? And how should we, instead, I just do it. I don't have to ask permission. That's yeah. it. Like, but it's nice to always have someone there that has got insight from doing that admin for five years. That if you're not sure how to handle a certain scenario, you could say to her in the evening, oh, you know, what do you think we should do about this? Oh, yeah, that's definitely. And to yeah. do that as a one off rather than it be a, a nightly occurrence. Yeah. And is, she has a very good moral compass and often. Well, not often, but sometimes we'll think the opposite as well. And that leads to really good conversations about what we should do going forward with a certain, you know, um, response to an email or something like that. So it's really nice to have someone around who who knows the ins and outs of their business. who can just like literally be like, Kate, like, I've got this. What do you reckon we should do to this, basically? So. Yeah, especially if you sat with something all day and kind of mould it over in your head. Yeah. Sometimes you can be so close to something that it's really hard to see what the logical thing to do is. 100%. But yeah. to kind of see someone that understands the business but sees things more black and white Yeah. can sometimes probably be a, a really welcoming thing. Yeah, definitely. So I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing where that will go. Um, I've loved it both ways, but I think, yeah, it's time that, like, I'm... I'm 
doing less weddings. I'm pretty much only doing, I've ditched all my corporate work. So like that is my identity now, like in terms of the business is yeah. this is my wedding business this is my baby sort of thing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Yeah, and I think I've probably found or I've, or I've rapidly realized over the last few months that I need to go through a similar thing. Like obviously, you know, I've spoken a few times on here about having a price increase and looking to take on less weddings, which potentially should free up some more time in my calendar. Yeah. But I feel like, I picked up some commercial work during kind of the end of COVID time to help kind of fill that gap of less weddings happening and things like that. And some of that's continued to grow a little bit. And I like the commercial, I like having variety in what I do. So I'm not yeah. always doing weddings, but I do found that now my editing part maybe is starting to creep up because those midweeks are filled with maybe an odd bit of commercial work and that's got a yeah. shorter deadline than weddings. Um, and then, you know, taking on things like the Coactive that I run with Katie, doing the podcast with you, is it all takes up time. Yeah. And I think like you said, that maybe like you at the start of the year of writing that list of things that bring you joy and things that you don't is I need to kind of sit down and maybe have that clarity moment of myself and go, well, how much does the commercial stuff fill my cup? Yeah. But the payoff is how much time does it take up for the money that actually pays me? Um, it, or is that just adding to my stress of my editing pile going up and the rest of it? And maybe it is time to cut some of the commercial stuff loose that I maybe yes. do, you know. I think that's... I've done out of politeness maybe or or the fact that I've enjoyed doing the work for the client. have done it for so long. But or... it's always a series of one hour shoots which don't pay the most. Yeah. But, even an hour shoot is still a half an hour edit and it's still a 20 minute journey there and back. So to do that, what, what you only get paid for an hour yeah. still ends up being a three or four hour thing. And if I could spend that three hours at my desk for half a day instead, that's probably half of a wedding edit. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's I, do, all... I do think obviously you do have to have some sort of variety. Well, you don't have to, but like it's nice to have some sort of variety. But like yeah. you say, for me, the, the, what you just said about the corporate work was the exact reason that I didn't, like I sort of ditched it mostly is the fact that it was it was always quite last minute shoots. It was always like midweek, so that that's a load of editing time gone. And during the corporate shoots, like because they mostly come in during the summer, yeah, is is then making the summer really stressful and busy, and making the winter harder because I'm I'm behind on wedding edits and having to do them. And often, like you say, it's not filling the cup as much as a, a wedding yeah. would anyway. So I could ditch probably all my corporate work and only take a couple more, few more weddings maybe yeah. and make up for that. And it's a lot. I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's it's more structured because uh, yeah. I don't know what it's like for photo, but a video corporate work is, it's just, it seems to me a lot harder in terms of there's a lot more back and forth. Like yeah. I found the clients back and forth for like six, seven, eight months of just changes. And then it's, and then it's not what you even made. And then it's like, is this even what me anymore? And yeah. I, I, I found that I was making the client's vision more than I, I was there for to make the client's vision more than I was there to make something that I'm good at. Yeah. I know you mean the end, or you, or you feel like, I feel like as, as wedding photographers or videographers, we get quite a lot of control because yeah. we impress a style on people. They very much book us for that and they're led by our creativity where yeah. as a photographer, they're looking for someone that maybe they've built a relationship with and, they, and then they give you a brief and you fulfill it. There's yeah. sometimes a lot less room to put your own stamp on that or yeah. do whatever. And not not for all of my commercial work. I know some of it is, you know, one, one of my clients particularly are really kind of encouraging of me kind of doing my own thing yeah. and kind of oh, that's and, good, and elaborating yeah. to their yeah. brief. And I think they're maybe the clients that are more liable to go, oh, I want to keep this, where yeah. the stuff which is much more like headshot work or kind of like product stuff, which you know, I feel like anybody could do and that's make That's the thing, is it stuff, bringing you joy? Is it making is, the most of it? Probably. And I feel like in the start of the year, when I was maybe shooting less weddings, it was nice to have something to keep me busy. But now say so that, that work's continued into the summer and the weddings have come up. Yeah. It's finding that it's much more of a drain on my time that... I don't. I don't need that. Yeah, <laughs> you're I want, right. I want some time back. Yeah. <laughs> you're losing your voice. I feel like I dropped some water and it got stuck somewhere <laughs> halfway through, and I couldn't shift it either way. 
um but yeah so yeah this uh, this year has been great in terms of like we've spoken about it before but in terms of the kind of couples that we're getting as well like i know you felt the same about like yeah. we've really narrowed down we've spoken about narrowing down your style to the kind of couples that you want in our vetting um yeah that was episode. a really early one wasn't it like yeah, episode it was. two or three something like that yeah, yeah. and i feel like do like putting all those in place um a year ago two years ago whatever i've, I've chatted to you know every client before booking them setting really quite specific expectations and you know branding ourselves in a very specific way has really helped and now our couples like really want us for who we are and not just because we're the token video people and it's nice to see that you've seen that that kind of pay off quite quickly yeah you know where if you know sometimes obviously we went longer in advance it could be a year or you know a year and a half before you really see that transformation but yeah. to see to start making those choices within sort of you know four to six months that that's starting to change the, the way already that you've you know, but believe that it is possible to work like that now is is really really encouraging. Well, we started this a long time ago, but like it's, I'm just saying that that that's what we yeah. said it four six months ago or whatever, didn't yeah. we? Of, of what we've been doing, but yeah, that it does help, and it you know it, it doesn't take that long really if you redesign your website and start yeah. uh, and start putting like little keywords like obviously ours is like fun or energetic or little things like that that, um, and we're noticing that the people want that and they're like. Max is trying to dig a hole through the floor. Now. He's really not happy to <laughs> dig a hole into the floor. It's row down there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's um, gonna be down there in a minute. Yeah, like heavy on top of him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and our couples are definitely when we say to them, "Oh, what do like what is it you want from video? Why did you book us?" They're saying all the things that that are on our site and the things that we've we've said that you know the people who want to book us want. So like if we ask in the couple we're not getting oh we'd like a lovely shot of the flowers or the dress or something nobody's saying that to us because yeah. that's not how we advertise ourselves and that's and that's really good and we've really enjoyed that and I think as we get more expensive I'm finding the photographers that we work with are starting to change into the and this isn't across the board at all yeah. but this has just been sort of what I'm noticing this year is that the photographers that people are booking are completely the opposite to us and like I said in the previous episode yeah. I get on with 99.9% of photographers most photographers um, are really good with videographers anyway but I'm noticing that like the couples are saying oh yeah the photographers they're taking really editorial posy like you know magazine shots it's weird. and I they've hired that, yeah. me for the exact opposite I find this crazy because I'm finding for the most part that I'm working with new videographers this year or videographers I've never worked with before but most of them are still very much in the style that I make. Yeah. Like, I'm not finding that at all. But I don't think some of it also is that editorial thing is, is still trend led. Yeah. So I think maybe some people are, and maybe where videos maybe people want that video. I still find it kind of odd that, because I would always look to book someone who was similar. Yeah. That people are looking at it going, okay, well, we can get this in for our photos and we'll get some like stunning kind of more posy portraits. But then it doesn't matter if they don't get any candids because we've got Chris there who's going to make a killer film of all of our guests having fun. Yeah. And I, like, it makes sense why you would not kind of do it does, both. Yeah. yeah. But maybe because it's always been that way for me that you'd always book something similar. Yeah. That why they're not doing that. It's so strange that like one day I'll turn up to a wedding and it'll be just like a couple who are just like supernatural fun around each other like with the, the, the photographers doing shots but not but not yeah. posing or directing at all and the next day I'll turn up to a wedding and they're like making a serious face at the camera <laughs> by a window like with these like thousand multi-thousand pound dress on or something yeah. and it's like they're there for like 20 minutes by this window trying to get that one shot and this is completely two completely different weddings do you find though in those moments that you're doing you you are 
just kind of still being part of the couple shoot as much or you're like kind of filming that bit or you're just you're more inclined to go okay i know they want the fun stuff of the guest while they're having this so you're filming less of the couple in those kind of forced moments and just doing more candids with, with other yeah, people I, i'd say i sort of know when to call it a day so with like for example in the morning when the bride's ready and she's fully in her dress and like you want to get her by the window of a bouquet or whatever yeah i find that some people are there for a long time so i'll be like i just need one shot i'll get that one shot and i'll leave like that'll be it, just mad, because it. Of but, that's exactly how i am yeah normally because there's not time <laughs> like you know you've normally got a wedding coordinator tapping their watch going they should have been with the registrar <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know the registrars won't wait they've got another wedding or you've got dad to get in or bridesmaids to get in or you need to get over to the ceremony and yeah maybe i'm because i work by myself i have to do lots of things where if you're working with a team of people or or two people that's less of an issue but that's how but, the weddings I've done with you have worked as well but yeah. I'm finding like there's the brides are getting ready an hour early just to get that shot nailed and it's like I've never I've not known yeah, this I before find that, I find that crazy maybe it's not to do with pricing because we're not exactly expensive but maybe it's just a I don't know, maybe it's just uh, uh, like like you say, with the trend, maybe pe people booking yeah. the trending editorial style photographers and that's who we're working with. And at I this suppose point, if but... those photographers are doing a really, really good job of of dictating or, you know, educating their clients yeah. in that in the lead up to the wedding that, you know, you need to be in your dress one clear hour before ceremony yeah. so that we can get these moments. And if they value, you know, lots and lots of those portraits pre-ceremony, yeah. I guess that's that's okay for them and it's all different. But yeah, I still find it a really crazy thing. So strange. That yeah. someone would want a really high upbeat energetic film from you and then have kind of something really slow and cinematic Dramatic. and editorial from their photo yeah i kind of like you say it would look like you're at two different weddings two different, yeah and it does like i, I mean i sh literally showed you earlier yeah. a wedding that i did not long ago and the difference between the video i made and the photo photos that the photographer delivered the photos the photographer delivered were much more like uh what, what, what yeah, would dramatic, you call it dramatic editorial, yeah. kind of whatever you want yeah, to use my video was like a really upbeat like and I, and we we worked together amazingly as a proper fun day that like we really enjoyed it it's just so interesting to see the differences in the style and the couple have chosen those differences and i find it really odd because like yeah we'll use the wedding that we shot together like at very court carolina christian's wedding like you look at their film and you look at their photo and you can pick out the moments in the that i've taken photos of that are very evident in your film yeah. or they come from a very similar place but almost to the point that you could look like we are working under the same banner yeah where i yeah i just find that so odd that if you showed somebody both who, who didn't go to the wedding it would be slow when you showed me that wedding earlier yeah. and i wasn't there at all it's kind of like this is creepy. I don't know what to believe. Yeah. So was like, it like this or so was it like they that? Did, like, cheer, like cheering and dancing in one moment and then kind of like, you know, like rubbing each other's faces and on the border of tears in the next moment. Like, I just, yeah, I find that mad. Yeah. I really do. Like it's... It's really interesting to see even from my perspective, like following these photographers and being like, wow, your photos are so different to what I've delivered. But I find it odd because you think that if it was happening, that was happening to you, that maybe I would begin to see that the other way is that someone might want a really cinematic film. Yeah you know, that lends into maybe the more emotional parts of the day and like then a more like, natural, you know, or, 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 the, or they don't. Or. Yeah, like you were mentioning earlier with videographers that set up more of a, like a scene where it's like, okay, yeah. you're going to walk here, look at her at this moment, look back and, but like... I do get, it's like maybe a little bit of that with some sort of, just maybe because they're not getting it from from what I'm doing, but then I've always or no, maybe because not a sold myself yeah. because... I, you know, I've, I'm, or I'm very much sold on the fact that I don't pose people. But yeah. normally my couples, that's one of the reasons they love me the most is, oh, we don't want to do that thing where we yeah. have to pretend to, you know, to like do this and do that. So in the same and, way, they're not going to hire a videographer that does that then, are they? In, yeah. Well, in theory. <laughs> but, but who knows? I, but yeah. you think, but then if you're saying those things to your couples, then they are going and hiring a photographer that looks like that. Yeah. Like I just, I just find it bonkers. I really, I really, really do. It's strange. It's not, a, it's not a really bad yeah. thing that, but to be honest, it's something I've, I've, um, I've noticed a, a little bit of a change and I, I, you know, the couples that do, do 
do book yeah. those kind of photographers generally still end up really fun for, for, the, for the other bits that maybe aren't the couple shoot and like the really serious bits is like oh you know well they have a big bridal party and you know yeah. it, they they spend a lot of money on alcohol and things like that so it ends up being quite a fun wedding anyway but, but it's not even as if I've said, you know, if you say to a couple they, they, they tell you oh we've booked you know X photographer and you go and look at their Instagram or their folio and they're only showing like really fine art stuff so it's not as if they are taking candids but they're just not showing them like you're saying when yeah. you physically get to the days with them that they're all about those portraits of those brilliant moments yeah there's, but they're maybe not even it's not even as if they're, they're putting that kind of fun stuff in the gallery and just not showing it because it doesn't seem to be online with their won't be taking it at all yeah i mean that that's that's quite rare to be fair that's only happened once or twice where that's happened but like i feel like yeah some photographers will just have a focus on just those really set up like yeah. couples the groups the details and then leave out the candidates but i've noticed a trend also in like there's they're bringing along a second photographer whose job is just to get to candidates on the day and i really respect that because i think that's obviously really, really important. Uh, I yeah. think I think to most people is getting those candidates. But I find the idea of seconds really, really interesting as a whole. Maybe because I, I I was one. I did I did a second shooting job a few a few weekends ago for um for Emily, which was really really which was really fun. I really enjoyed being a second. Um, yeah. And it's not something I do a great deal of anymore, just because of you know kind of the time that I'm not shooting weddings. I maybe want some downtime or yeah. whatever. But you know, I, I'd seen her work, really liked it. The the, the 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 description she put up when she posted the second shoot, it looked like a cool venue, fun couple. And I was like, oh, I'll go and do this. And I already enjoyed the idea of being a second and not having that pressure of yeah. having to deliver certain things. But I still worked just as hard to make sure that I went and got those candids and and did you know the things that I needed to do. But I don't think it still makes me want to use seconds anymore. Like yeah, that, so I'm, I'm really surprised that you don't use second. I, I think it kind of works with your style in particular because it's it's like you say, like you're quite you limit your group shots. Hmm. You only spend like what five ten minutes on the couple shots for reception that. drinks. Yeah. So that still gives you an hour, an hour and a half to get candidates anyway. Yeah. I don't think the couple's missing out on too much by not having a second with the style that you have, right? Yeah. But I think I think more often than not, there's two photographers on the day now. I think it's, uh, I've noticed that from looking at other photographers, it seems more of a trend that people are, or I see more people posting looking for seconds yeah. than ever. Um, but I think yeah, there's, there's definitely a whole episode in this as well, yeah, because yeah. I was thinking about this when we were doing the, our last episode, you know, the kind of the photographer versus videographer thing. Yeah. And it's something I'm going to ask you in future, because I feel like a lot of times I see videographers, there's more of a need for a second with video. Yeah. Just because of the amount of stuff, like you say, the amount of stuff there is to carry, set up, and the rest of it is, you can't be filming something if you're in another room setting up two other cameras, wiring people up, and the rest of yeah, it. Exactly. So, you know, but then it is a second shooter in video is that role needed much more as an assistant rather than an actual shooter? Are they much more like a carry and setter upper than they are an actual person there? So, I mean, I basically, I'm a massive advocate of second shooter for video because like, it's like you say, it's those little bits of like setting up and packing away and things yeah. like that. But it's also like, if I'm with the couple, we it's all the, the way we advertise ourselves is a lot of candidates yeah. but we also we want to capture those couple stuff as well and i can't do both at the same time yeah and whereas i'm not saying it's this easy right for photo but whereas you can go into a dinner room and take some snaps of it some wide angles some close-ups and and you're sort of done five minutes Lit i'm tops. setting up a gimbal yeah i'm doing the wide shot then i'm changing putting on a 50 doing something for the close-ups and it feels yeah. like it's a bit more of a process i don't want any the couple to be missing out on candidates while yeah. that's happening and the other thing is where is where there's a trend in um there being two photographers i say to the couple if you've got two photographers then then I recommend two videographers because 
more often than not, those photographers are going to split up, yeah. do two different things, and we're, if there's only one of me, I'm going to miss one thing that they're doing. Basically. Especially, even there's only moments like that, I think, where I feel like I really miss a second. That whining you can hear is a very sad Max because we're not playing ball with him. Um, so the drama. <laughs> today, we've had, you've had the whole episode of this today, of this, of this damn dog. Um, anyone wants to buy a dog? Um, he's there. I'm joking, I love him to pieces, though, wouldn't be. He's testing my patience in this episode. Um, yeah, like, it's it's those moments. Like, between, like, bride and groom prep, sometimes you do miss out on some stuff at groom prep. Yeah. Or particularly in a ceremony where there's someone looking, you know, that reaction shot back up the aisle as, as I'm yeah. maybe at the top shooting the bride. And if that groom does cry or react particularly kind of emotively, I, I do miss that because yeah. just because that's the way it is. Um, and that's something which I do kind of, I do kind of wrestle with a little bits of time going, well, I do feel sad that I've missed that, but do at the same time, do I feel sad enough that I want to pay someone to come along for a whole day for those two small moments? What is stopping you from doing it though? As, a, as an add on, is it, is it the extra editing? No, or is it not really like, for me it's purely trust. Surely it's, two two oh, things okay. like I, um, to find someone that I think I've never found someone that I trusted enough that I know that I could just go go shoot at my wedding, yeah, and they would yeah. shoot it in a similar way enough to me that I would do it. I think if I did it, I'd want to have a regular second shooter, so almost someone on the book that I always shot with me, yeah, so I could build that relationship. I could give them feedback at the end of every time, so I could make a better wedding with them, yeah. Um, and there is another point because he's really annoying me. That's forgotten. <laughs> so that's the most of it, and also getting my way. I like to move a lot, like throughout a wedding. I like to move around quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. I'd always worry that someone's... You're going to be in, in each other's or something. In each other's yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially if you haven't worked together a lot before. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're not going to know necessarily where each other are going to be. Yeah. All right, let's try this again. I feel like we, I feel like we must apologise. This is really starting to annoy me now. Like normally, if you'd listen to that along the way, Max has normally had his little squeaks and roughs and stuff, but today he's been exceptionally, exceptionally needy. Yeah. Um, so that's all know, right. He's a character in the pod. Thank you he's... for persevering with us. We'll get there. So <laughs> he's yeah, had a bit of a lonely of, moment. We've been there? going for a good while now, anyway. So I think in terms of where we are at ten episodes and kind of halfway through the year, I think we wanted to just kind of do a little bit of like a highs and lows, kind of best thing, worst thing. About we can't call it that. How it's gone so far. Um, <laughs> And we'll see. Why can't we call it Hide and Nose? It's used in another podcast. Have you heard it? It, 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 it yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's why I call it best worst we'll thing of the year. There's another way for it. The highs and okay. yeah, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. So do we, are we going to do both of us first, or do we want to do both of our best and both of our worsts? Or um, you go first. Tell me, you okay. tell me both. Yeah. I think from they're both kind of quite general. The best thing I think for me is one of those things that we've talked about is I kindly I finally feel that I'm at a place where. I am making probably some of my favourite work I've ever made. Yeah. And I'm turning up to weddings now, and even if they're maybe not at like the most astounding venues, I still feel like I'm making the best out of every wedding that I'm going to. I've, like, I really feel that... like Before I'd come away from a wedding and feel disappointed and feel that maybe oh, I feel like I could have done more, yeah. where more often than not that I'm walking away this year going, do you know what? I did give that couple everything, and... I feel like I've done the best job that I can. Yeah. And as a creative, sometimes that spend most of our times hating on our own work and not, and always feeling that we could have done more. I've actually had two or three points this year where I've walked away from it and going, do you know what? I'm so proud of that. I almost can't believe that I made that photo. That's a huge place to be. Or I kind of feel that, do you know what? With the weather, with the situation, with whatever, I know that I've made the absolute best of everything that we've done. Yeah. And I think sometimes I've walked away from weddings so many times over other years and kind of like you said, you give yourself that debriefing in the car going, oh, if only you'd have asked them to do this or have only been brave enough to say, let's go out again or let's do this. And I kind of feel like I'm at that point now where I've been doing this long enough that I'm, 
are kind of confident enough to, I don't feel kind of that my couple will think less of me if I say, um, I think there's more left in this sunset. Can we go for a bit longer? Or yeah. can we just nip back out again because the lights got better? Or can I make you sit down in your dress? Or <laughs> yeah, well, before I'd worry, oh, she'll definitely say no because you'll get dirty. But now you're like, I don't feel, I kind of feel got more confident to go, oh, just what's the worst that can happen? That's like, yeah, no. yeah. And I kind of feel that that's a really nice place to be. And I, n- I never want to feel like I'm settling where I am, but I feel proud of how far I've come. That's you know, you're putting hundred percent into everything and yeah. coming from a place where as solo creatives, we are our own worst critic to come away from a wedding and be like, yep, I've done everything I can. And to finish the edit and be like, yeah, 10 out of 10, cracking, all good. Especially from a situation where I find weddings, especially when you've got a queue in the middle of the summer, once you've delivered, you have no time to think about just how much of an achievement you've just done. Like you've shot a wedding, you've edited it, you've sent it to them, they love it, that's all good. But you get the email and you move on to the next one, that's it, like that's straight up. Yeah, and on the face of it, it sounds like quite a small thing to say, but I feel like it's it's such a culmination of so many things, of kind of stuff that, like you said, there's been a long time planting those seeds to get to a point where you're getting couples that you feel comfortable enough that you can, you can, you know, you can have that kind of rapport with that you feel that you you don't feel mean asking them or they're so much on the page with you that they're looking for things out of you that you already want because you're that kind of in sync. And it's, you know, it's been a really long road to get to that point where I kind of feel like I'm finding people that are kind of like the actual people, like the kind of the pinnacle of what I wanted. That I kind of feel like yeah. that's a really nice feeling to kind of feel that you've put hard work in and it's it's paid off. It's a really good place to be and you've reached where you want to be as well, yeah. which it which is nice. And now you can sort of not cruise, because I guess there's always some sort yeah. of journey to go on and, and thing to do next. But yeah, it's where you can climb even higher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like figure out how you can improve more. But then if you're happy every single wedding you're doing, that's that's, that's the aim, right? Just yeah, to be definitely to be filming the couples you want to film and to go home at the end of each day thinking, yep, they did a cracking job that time. And I feel like probably the worst thing is probably kind of stemmed off of that is for every bit is, I feel like on the day, I'm amazing. Like I'm doing as much as I can. I'm doing a kind of an amazing job for people and I feel really proud of that. I still feel that maybe on the back end or the business end, maybe the admin end, that's become more evident that even though like Ninja has saved my life, I don't know how I work without him now, that I'm still looking at better ways that I can improve that experience and I'm still finding that that bit's probably letting me down and that doesn't sing quite as loudly as the rest of people's journey with me. And that I've always wanted to say that whilst I don't think that I'm the best photographer out there, I make people feel nice and I want their whole yeah. experience of me to be good. And I feel that this year, because I've got busier and like I said earlier with the commercial work coming in and the rest of it, that some of that side of stuff is slipping. Yeah. And that's been the worst thing is, is not feeling in control. I think at, at, at that end, I think that's easy for it to happen at this time of year. I think there are ways around it, like you say, shooting ninja workflows and things like that. But I also think that people have, in a in a roundabout way, way people have come to expect it as well. Because yeah. I know when booking our suppliers for our wedding, they will all end up great in the end. Um, but there were some that would took a long time to respond, and you kind of thinking, Jesus, is it like, is these people still doing my wedding sort of thing? And I know that that is a kind of thing because I'll talk to people like before the wedding and they'll be like oh yeah we still haven't heard from this person who we messaged I'll be like yeah. don't worry they will turn up yeah, probably just really busy. Like, I don't want to be that person yeah, I think exactly, yeah. as the worst thing goes it's not that like I feel like on you know in terms of you know kind of the upbeat enthusiastic hardworking person that turns up on the day I want that to be there from the original kind of the initial email yeah. the whole way through and I feel like at some point I'm just not doing a very good job of keeping up you think on there's a point from like six weeks 
before and then onwards where you're like you're 100% have their attention yeah. or they but it's that kind of gap in the lead up yeah. I feel like, or if things go wrong on the day like we were saying in a previous episode with you know if you have bad experiences or talk about you know if, if some, someone says things more than once to you it's probably you and it's not just them <laughs> yeah, being, being yeah. idiots I kind of feel that it's yeah like that I could educate people better like you get to a yeah. day you do a sparkle a shot and they're like really short sparkles and you think oh if I just told them this or yeah, I've had a lot true. of it but you have that petal confetti and it's like if I told them the paper's the best they'd have that and kind of feel like and it's not my fault at all because some people will always do what they want to do yeah. but I kind of feel like I know all this stuff and I just haven't communicated that and I could have made their wedding go from a 99% to 110% yeah. with a few kind of simple changes if I'd have just given them that, that benefit of my experience at the right time in the journey yeah, that makes sense. And that's, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head with something I was going to mention at some point is that I've been trying to also make that journey better as well. The journey between the 12 months before when they book and yeah. the six weeks before when you finally get back in touch, it's like something needs to happen in the middle. Definitely, yeah. And it's going to have to be like regular emails that are going out with little bits of information and like just a check-in sort of thing. And even though it's automated, you can make it sound like it's not. And also it can be handy, it can be helpful to them as well. And that's, so. it, that's it. Like, oh, I feel like I'm getting there in the, or as friendly and as lovely as my couples are they? Like, I feel like I'm being welcomed not only by my couples, but by their families even more. Like, yeah. you know, you arrive and they go, oh, you're Tom, I've heard so much about you. And, or they do follow it. I want that to be like that the whole way through, not them. The only relationship they have with me is what they see that what I, what I put out on socials or if they listen to this or something, I want that yeah. almost to be a conversation with them. And hopefully by kind of prices rising, doing some less weddings or losing some other little bits along the way. So I can focus, focus even more, more on my yeah. couples that will, that will correct itself. I think it's really rewarding. Um, even this year, I've been trying to focus more on individual couples and like spend a bit more time on those little bits. And I think, like I said to you, like before we wouldn't stay till sunset during the summer because our packages until the first dance. And now I'm a bit lot more like if there's a sunset, I will stay uh, yeah. because we're, we've done less weddings. So we're able to focus more and not get exhausted by doing it sort of thing. And I think that's really rewarding because afterwards you feel like you've done the best of your ability rather than you've done what you're contracted to do. Yeah, yeah. but as a creative, I think that's huge to, to walk away and feel satisfied. Yeah. Well, I know that even probably a couple of years ago, I'd walk away from jobs going, I really hope the edit saves this. <laughs> and I felt, and I probably had done a lovely, a, a great job or they were always happy with what they made. But I think from a personal point, I'd always like say, give myself kind of a talking down in the car and go, Oh, if you'd have just taken 10 minutes later for yeah. sunset, that photo would have been much better. Or if you'd have just been brave enough to do this or stand in a different place, or you might have got in that person's way, you know, for five seconds, but that photo would have been worth it. I feel like I'm just kind of just pushing myself more to kind of expect more, hold myself to a higher standard. Yeah. I think that sort of leads on to my worst thing, which is the fact, the fact that all my weddings have been pretty compressed. So there's been a lot of things as there always is during the wedding season, to be quite honest, but a lot of things that I really wanted to do this year that I haven't got round to doing. One of the things is sorting that workflow out between the 12 months and the six weeks, which yep. is like getting little bits sent out and little tips and tricks and stuff and trying to improve that. Because I think personally that my process is quite um, underwhelming. So like the whole process of leading up to the booking is like, oh, we have a call and like you get yeah. excited and stuff. And once they book, it's just an email going, well done, you've booked. And then like, that's it. And nothing for, the, for say nine months yeah, until exactly. you get a six week email. So I'm trying to improve that um, and I've, I'm on my way to doing it. But like since the proper like mid season has started, like I'd yeah. say like end of May, I've just been able to do nothing. And so that hasn't started. I've had a contract ready to sell. So I'm, I'm basically creating... Um, I, I got my contract written by a solicitor yeah. and I've edited it in a way that um, I'm basically wanting to, want to sell it to other videographers um, to help them out. 
and I have a written I've written a full on guide for it, which is like Amazing. explains each point um, and what it means and how mm. it will protect you on the wedding day and after the wedding day and things like that. Um, so that's all done, but I just haven't got around to like fin- finalizing the formatting of the guide and then putting it on somewhere yeah. basically. Yeah, making it available for the people to get yeah. to. Yeah, and it's one of those. I'm an advocate for if you keep talking about doing it, just do it. So it really yeah. annoys me when I keep talking about doing something and just haven't done it. But it's not through the want of trying, it's through physically not having yeah. enough time. So maybe I guess going forward, it's, you know, as, as you're looking towards your 2024 calendar already, it's, you know, maybe looking at, it's not just a level of now of seeing what inquiries come in, whether the couple's nice, the venue's nice, yeah. you know, whether they're aligned with your brand. It's also going, well, how much, how many jobs can I realistically take in a month yeah. in order to give that experience? Before, yeah. And, and allowing time for admin as well. Just yes. like, you know, yes i've got like 10 edits to do this week but it, it's one of them's gonna have to wait till next week because I've, i want wednesday to do social media and like those little bits as well like focus on because you can't grow unless you give yourself time to grow no as well. you can't yeah. definitely yeah and i think sometimes i think mean, i'm, I'm saying too maybe too hard now and don't cut myself enough slack is that at the moment i've managed to keep to that six week editing turnaround yeah where i'm looking at my pile already now and seeing that again i shot a couple of doubles close together and thinking well this might have to stretch to the max of what i allow which is eight yeah. weeks and yeah. i feel like i've failed in that moment and i haven't it's just gonna no being so hard on yourself going that you can't still keep to your spring and autumn deadlines yeah. when you are in the thick of your season 100% and people expect that as well again just having that mindset or allowing to be kind to yourself to go well no you have been really damn busy like yeah. and again you need that time to recharge so that when you do go to the weddings you're you know you're good enough but at the same time you know give give yourself a realistic chance to succeed at the other end in the edit yeah exactly you're going to be busy during the summer so your turnaround times are going to be more i think people do expect it we say to our couples we have the tracker and everything but we say to our couples like there is going to be a bit of a wait and they say we're getting married in july of course there's going to be a wait yeah. do you know what i mean so um and that is really nice but yeah if you are if you're a videographer and you're interested in a in a contract then let me know because that might motivate me to, think, to put it on a, quicker to I'm, be honest i'd definitely be looking at it as a photographer as well i'm sure yeah. there'll be some adaptable parts in there yeah, so um, I sent it to Josh to have a look at, and he said he might adapt it to, f- to photography. So like it would be a fairly easy thing. wording change, but a yeah. lot of the key points and the kind of having it written in such an official way that you know it's, it's kind of legally binding is yeah. is huge. So. There's a lot of stuff like about creative control and like angles and like, you know, if we recommend things and you say no and things like that. I mean, yeah, it's so equally applicable so it, to yeah, photo yeah, exactly. as well. Yeah, a lot of stuff so. that would be... Um, would that be really incredibly useful? So that'd be quite interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah if we could. So come on then, Chris, finish us on a high. What's your best thing so far? <laughs> best thing is this year we've mentioned it before i mentioned it again but like having the couples that are the right fit for us genuinely want us for video and haven't just settled on us because we're cheap or we, we happen to be there like we've getting on with them really well on a personal level we don't become best friends of our couples but on the day like to have to have a really good like uh, you know back and forth banter yeah. whatever it makes the makes the huge difference and um i, I did put also that we booked in our our highest the last two bookings have been our highest bookings price-wise that we've booked. That's a huge achievement. But I that's think really that's good. been uh, now a trend for the last couple of months is it's been going up and up, which is, it may, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. It, every booking that comes in seems to be more and more, um, which is good because it, it's going to allow us the financial freedom for next year. Yeah. Um, again, to do less weddings and focus on more. Yeah, or go for all the things that we literally just said. Yeah, exactly. And if you can find that you're going to weddings and the people are more aligned to your values, you're not only getting paid more for those jobs, but you're having a better time. Yeah. And you walk away from the whole experience just feeling so much more like you know and when we finished jobs and going that doesn't even that didn't even feel like we've done a day's work yeah, exactly. we've literally come along found people which are so similar or have such similar values to us we've worked hard for them but 
you know, we're really kind of, you say you don't have to be their best mate or, no. you know, and go out for romantic dinners for years afterwards, but to just kind of be in sync with them enough that you kind of, you feel that you know them on the day. Yeah. They feel they know you and you can, and you are and really so are in that moment. To it's... suggest things and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like having that, <clears throat> I feel, feel like at some point at the end of February, March time, we got a lot of bookings and they were coming in up and they were picking our very lowest package. And some of them were even trying to haggle, which we don't do at all. Um, but we were finding that next year, we were looking at next year, like we've got the same amount of weddings, but a lot less money coming in. And I don't yeah. know what, maybe it was like a turnaround point in the the, the financial, you know, climate and yeah. stuff like that. But now we're finding the people are starting to book but you a bit say that, though, But since then, since we've started the pod, you've raised your prices, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I raised them what I would call significantly, like in like March, April yeah. time. So I, I feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe that's helped because when we were cheaper, people were booking the lowest prices. Now we've raised them. More, more people going for the higher higher package but I think it's a lot of so, it. It's, yeah. it sounds bonkers like in a, t- yeah. in a time that you could argue that there's you know a cost of living crisis or whatever that to raise your prices seems a counterintuitive thing to do yeah. but I think that I mean, this is definitely we, t- we touched on this in kind of the pricing and finance episode and there is That's another kind of it, yeah. episode about kind of levelling up and stuff that will yeah. be down in the future but pricing or kind of weddings are grouped in kind of budget kind of limits and if, you're, area, if you're on the edge of yeah. that kind of lower end budget people are always going to be trying to pull you down but once yeah. you reach once you kind of take a jump to the bottom end of that middle end if you like yeah there's always people there which will want to take a chance on you and try and pull you up and yeah. kind of it's almost jumping from you know from the from the baby splash pool into like the medium-sized pool yeah yeah you're not throwing yourself in the deep end just yet but you are leveling up i feel and, like there's definitely that gray area someone somewhere between like 1700 and 2200 around the area is like i firmly is believe a dead that area. I've, yeah. I've had a conversation with a few photographers like this that have that felt that they're worth more than the kind of 1500 quid which is kind of entry level now, I think. Yeah, it's all to be doing yeah. this as a job, you have to be charging that. Yeah. But they don't feel that they're quite ready to jump into that two, two and a half bracket yet. Yeah. They've tried that area in the middle. And like you said, they've, they've been priced out of stuff by the 1500 quid yeah. people budget. But then the people that are the two grand budget don't see that they're getting good value with them. Yeah. But once they pull themselves up into that, people starting to realise. I yeah. think that, that has made the difference and definitely something to talk about in the pricing episode, I think is a grey area. Yeah. And if raising your prices can actually get you more bookings. I think I it can. I think I think that's... And some of it is, you know, as British people, we are a UK based podcast. I feel yeah. like money talks are always a little bit taboo yeah. um, or kind of in just kind of the ways around values of having money or charging more for your worth or having the yeah. confidence you know, we said this in previous podcasts that if you went to a job, you would look to get actively look to get promoted over a period of years or expect to get a pay rise yeah. for inflation or for doing a good job. But it's almost having the kind of the foresight to go, no, I am doing a good job. I deserve a pay rise yeah. for me and exactly. kind of giving yourself that. And you don't have to be look far on a wedding group or like a, you know, a wedding group for couples. Mm to see someone say how oh, well, I photographer is so expensive and then be like, oh, mm. oh maybe I need to like, yeah. you know. But so- it still astounds me and, you know, full credit to you if you've got to get, in, if you're trying to get into the industry, you've got to do it any way you can. But I've seen, you know, on odd groups, there's still people out there which are offering two photographers for a full day package for like 450 pounds. Yikes. And yeah. you think, how do you, and how are you making money yeah. there? Like, you're not even doing yourself minimum wage. No. So and you, and if I you think, did one styled shoot, you could probably charge more than that after doing yeah. that style shoot. And that shoot, would alarm yeah. me as a couple to think, well, if it's too good to be true, like how's that person going to ever be able to invest in quality equipment, which costs thousands yeah. when they're only charged at such a low point for yeah. their photography. And I know there are, there are weddings happening, which have tiny, tiny budgets and weddings that have, you know, budgets far more than we'll probably ever earn in our lifetimes. Yeah. But there's that, I find it crazy that, you know, 
you can hold yourself to a standard or believe that you are worth more. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it is possible. Like we can sit here, you know, and I'm not trying to be the success story or whatever, but you know, from both of us, but probably within the last couple of years, we're charging far less than we were worth. Yes. And it yeah. took us, you know, a lot of soul searching or people telling us, you know, within our industry that we were too cheap and to, to dare to charge more Definitely. that we can sit here now saying that we're probably having some of our happiest times in business and at the weddings we're shooting yeah. than we ever have. Because of our brand and because of how much we're charging, basically, because yeah. we're not undervaluing ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. So that yeah, so that's the positive is that yeah, yeah working like with good couples eking in out an hour and twenty, I feel financial like financial freedom, booking in higher and like I say higher end, but like booking in more expensive weddings and making it like making twenty twenty four a good year coming forward as well, I think. Yeah, and I feel like much more aware of looking towards the future now, I'm feeling much more excited about the future yeah. in doing this. Maybe than other years going, Oh, am I gonna get enough bookings? Am I gonna be able to grow? Am I gonna be able to afford that holiday again next year? Yeah. Now I'm like, what can't I do in weddings? Yeah, exactly. And because we're both doing some good weddings, we'll we'll be seeing each yeah. other at Disney next year. Won't we? Definitely, we're definitely <laughs> well, yeah, so we're both going to Disney World in January. Yeah. But even also as well, I think half of the reason of feeling the way that we do I still want to attribute back to starting the podcast and all of these people listening. Like I've yeah. always tried to help everybody that I've met in weddings across the way, whether they're other photographers, you know, lower than me or meeting videographers that maybe started out and tried to help people and always given them the best of my knowledge as I knew how and just to try and be a helpful person. Yeah. But like we said at the start of this episode, to only be 10 episodes in and realising the things that we're saying or things that we've learned the hard way yeah. are making people that listen to this podcast not have to maybe spend as long as we did to get into oh, where 100%, we are. Yeah. I find it's like that, a fast track, isn't it? that yeah. is, is, is brilliant. And I, you know, I would, I would, you know, I'll happily give that knowledge away if it means that people can get there and even just you know, say the rewardingness of doing this or this gives me confidence that maybe we do know more than we think we do <laughs> and we are making a difference to, to people out there. Even the things That's... that we're not necessarily considering uh, an educational episode ourselves, like some people will take something from Biggest it, like these little catch-ups and stuff. I think they can be quite motivational and they have little tidbits in it that people might want to pick out. So. Yeah, and, you know, I think we're, you know, we're, we're you know, far from shooting A-listers and celebrity weddings. We're not at the pinnacle of what we do, but I think you know both of us have grown a long way and hopefully there are people listening to this podcast that are just starting out in weddings or are maybe having those you know those own kind of you know kind of quarrels in their head about whether they should put the price up or whether they shouldn't and if we can give you that you know the kind of the encouragement that you know you should do that or you can do that and maybe you could start to get you know reap some of the benefits and feel feeling as good as we are at this point of the season yeah then that's that's really worthwhile agreed agreed Amen. There right, we go. That's, that's been a hell of a long episode. Hell of an episode. <laughs> it has to be a bumper one for the tenth. Yes. I apologise again for my naughty whippets misbehaviour. I'm up to it. Um, thank you so much to our everyone who's listened so far. Both of our voices are going. I feel exhausted, but yeah. Like, subscribe, comment. Tell us your favourite moments in the last ten episodes. Yeah. The biggest takeaways for you guys or anything that you'd like to see coming in the future episodes as well. We appreciate um, all of your messages. And yeah, if you've got any recommendations, any questions you want to ask on the podcast, um, just drop us a message. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Sweet. See, see you in the next one. In the next one. Yes, we made it finally. <laughs> and we didn't get, the, a, the, the dog didn't go mad at the end.